Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of RxP Podcasts, where three working professionals come together to talk about games that we like to play, shows that we like to watch, and movies we like to talk about. Uh, today, I will be your host, Tiffany, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. To all you Mid-Atlantic Coast listeners out there, I'm hopeful that the cicadas aren't too annoying. And Matt. What's going on? So, I don't know what cicadas you're talking about. Right now, we're in a gas crisis <laughs> no, the, that yeah. will probably be resolved the, by the time this episode actually gets posted. Yeah, the brood 10 cicadas that emerge every 17 years, like this is the year that they'll be coming from the ground and flying all over. So, well, none of them are around right now. So, that's future. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. Forewarning, I'm hopeful that they're not that annoying mm. for you guys. Are but there more than them. just one cicada? Because I feel like we hear loud cicadas every once in a while. And then I'm like, are these the ones that come back every so often? It's 17 years. Yeah, the Brood 10 specifically is the one that hibernate for 17 years underground and then emerge. And then obviously they live for basically a couple months and then they reproduce and then the eggs go in the ground and they hibernate again for 17 years. So this is the same brood that came 17 years ago in 2004 that are now emerging from the ground once again. But yeah, there are different types of cicadas. I remember, it's a quick cicada story. I wasn't expecting to have to talk about cicadas on the show this week, but um, I remember when that happened. I was living in Maryland at the time, and uh, me and my family, I think my mom was driving us somewhere, and we had the windows down, and a cicada literally flew in the window while she was driving down the highway and like scared the crap out of us. It was great. Um, that's that's what I think about cicadas. But yeah, it's right around that 2004 timeline, so that that makes sense. One landed on my pant leg when I was playing uh, on mm-hmm. the playground in recess in elementary school, and I freaked out because it was like half the size of my thigh. You know, I was a small kid. They're small, gigantic. Yeah, small Asian kid. And I freaked out, and I like shook my leg, and he wouldn't come off. So I like swatted at him until he like finally flew off my leg, but. That's my one lasting memory of those cicadas from way back when. Do they have cicadas in Animal Crossing? Yeah. It, was that a summer They're, bug? Yes. Or something? Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. like multiple cicadas actually, and you hear them when you get closer to them in the trees. Oh. They're on specific trees and stuff. That and mu- they come out in different parts of the day. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I was, <laughs> I only like saw the spring time of that game, so three other seasons i'm completely naive to (laughs) yeah they were they were all in the summertime so today we're actually going to start off with a game uh we're going to do a round of plot points this is a game that matt introduced a few episodes ago brief discussion of how it's played i went to imdb and i looked up these five properties and went to their plot summary keywords and chose five words to describe these things. And you guys will get points based on how early in the list you guess the property. So if you get it on the first clue, five points, et cetera, et cetera. Each movie, oh, well, 
there we go. It's these are all movies, <laughs> um, and they, I took five keywords. Now the theme of this are so today's episode we're going to talk about what we've been watching and playing for the last couple weeks. But this game is about the five movies that are coming out in 2021 that your girl Tiffany is excited to watch. Nice. So that's the overarching theme. These are the five movies which I will make time to watch in the year 2021. Excellent. Okay. Um, maybe we only get one guess. One guess per round, like one guess per clue. I mean, is that how you did it? I think so. I think so. Okay. Okay. Cool. Then yes. Yeah. Okay. First movie. First word. Friendship. Hmm. Okay, no takers. Second word, ocean. Luca? Yes, yes. that is correct. Nice. Matt gets four points. Um, this movie is coming out on Disney Plus and theaters on June 18th. Uh, I'm pretty excited about And actually, I will be visiting Alex on the other coast to hang out and we'll be able to watch it together so i'm pretty nice. excited about that are, are you gonna bring your mic are we gonna record while you're over there you guys could record on the same mic okay i'm not gonna bring my mic but yeah let's we can can your can your mic do a do, two-way i mean we can just look into the mic and speak to it in turns <laughs> yes okay yeah we can do that i'm gonna feel like i'm interviewing you guys you guys are gonna be on the same screen it's gonna be crazy yeah, but yeah, Luca, Disney Plus movie, or, you know, Disney movie coming Disney Plus. Um, you know, the rest of the clues were going to be Italy, shape-shifting, and then Pixar. Ooh, nice. So you got, yeah, is, you got a pretty Is early. Pixar really one of the labels on IMDb? Yes. That is I, an interesting label. Yeah. I didn't know that they put out these keywords even before the movies got released. That's oh crazy. yeah. I mean, granted, one of my movies only has five keywords, so I had to use them all. And I was actually tempted to not even use the fifth one because I didn't really I had to Google what it meant, but you know. I can't wait for it. that. That better okay. be the first keyword you say. Next no, it's not. Next well, I guess I could make that the first keyword. Next movie. First keyword. Desert. Dune. That is correct. Matt gets five points. This movie comes out on HBO Max on October 1st and theaters, if available. I'm very excited for Dune. It looks pretty neat. I know nothing of the main story. I don't, I don't, I've never read the book, but it looks really good. So the, the rest of the words that I was going to do, um, second word was going to be adaptation. Third, mineral, Mm. giant worm, and then science fantasy. Interesting. So those were going to be the next words. Matt is finally getting on the board. Listen. We got nine points, making up for lost time. I I know. We just had to go to movies. (laughs) Yep. Okay, next movie. Based on a comic. Eternals. Shang-Chi. False. And the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, both of you are wrong. Both of you are wrong. Oh. Um, Okay, I'm going to read... Should I give you another chance or no? You guys didn't get it, but I'm yeah, gonna read next the next words and let's see if you get like the the thing without points. Second word is ensemble cast. Black Widow. No. 
third is spy. Then the next one is 1910s. And then the last clue is gender in title. Huh. So this movie comes out December 22nd, fingers crossed, and it's The King's Man, which is a prequel to the Kingsman Secret Service and then Kingsman the Circle or whatever. I forgot what those other two movies I forgot that was even a thing. Yeah, it's a prequel to the it, Kingsman series. And it's set to be this December. Wow. Is yes. That the, that's awesome. Is that? Oh, no. That's after Spider-Man. Yeah, it's after Spider-Man. Okay. And, you I know, also actually, didn't know that this was based on a comic. Yes, it is a comic. The Kingsman is a comic series. And this movie, I think, should have actually come out this spring if we, like, didn't have the pandemic. Like, I think this was, like, supposed to be, like, a March release or something. Also, again, I would like to question, is gender in title actually a label on IMDb? Correct. Why? Like, what does that matter? I don't know. I don't understand these labels. And this is called The King's Man. Like three words? The Kingsman. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Okay, no points for either of y'all. Next movie. Kicking. Spy. Was that the second clue? Yes. What was it? Spy. Black Widow. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> you um, would have got me on the other one if it was Spy too. Like that's the only July ninth. This movie comes out July 9th on Disney Plus and in theaters. Um, if theaters are open in your area. So the next ones, uh, the next words I was actually going to do are tight pants. <laughs> that is literally one of the plot keywords. Girls with guns. And then delayed release was going to be the final clue. Yeah. Wonder Woman, 1984. Yep. Uh, tight pants. No, she not wear pants. No, delayed release, guys. That got delayed like three or four times, yeah. didn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so did Black Widow. Yeah, that's true. Okay, here we go. This is the last one, Alex, to get on the board. I um, <laughs> The first word is the word that I had to Google. Psychotronic film. Okay. Spider-Man No Way Home. No. Oh. Next word or key plot point. Post-apocalypse. Post-apocalypse. I thought I said apocalyptic, but it's post-apocalypse. Oh, I think I know this, but I don't remember the title. I Matt. Blanking. No? Okay, third word. Sequel. Nothing? Um. Okay. Oh, oh, oh I know, sequel. I know. A Quiet Place Part 2. That is correct, but you cheated. But it's a prequel, isn't it? The Wait. next one was going to be prequel. That was going to be the next oh, word. That's, you that's said why, Spider-Man. That, that was you to said, the first thing that was when a you different said clue. Psychotronic. Yeah, this is the same set. Oh, no. you can. He can guess just on different clues. Like, he could only guess once after every clue. Oh, but you two, you didn't say that during the, bla- during the um, Kingsman one. I just oh, went through all the I words. I had no idea. See, so that's where I was confused when you <laughs> rapid fired out all the clues. 
like very quickly and i'm like you're not even giving us a chance to like take a guess in between each oh one. i'm sorry i didn't know the rules it's all so. good it's all good okay um, so alex so- gets three points because you got it on sequel. Yes. Okay, I didn't understand what was going on. Why is it that's a sequel why and a prequel? That's what it said on key points. Plot All word right. or key. Now words. you should go check it out. Yeah. That movie comes that. out May twenty eighth. So oh, I didn't realize I'm, it was so soon. I know. Yeah, I don't know where it's coming out, like virtually, but I I might try to go to the theater. I don't know. I mean, I had a good time seeing it in the theater. I was lucky when I saw the first one where everyone was actually pretty quiet. So, like, it's not like anyone was talking and ruining the atmosphere. Uh, but it was really a fun time. Yeah. And I'd like to apologize for Kingsman. Would anyone have gotten that? I don't think so. I completely okay. forgot it was happening this year. Okay. So, at the end of this round of games, <laughs> Matt has... 13 points and Alex has three points. Cheers. That's pretty good. We'll have to write that down somewhere. Okay. So yeah, those are some of the movies that I was excited about. I mean, listen, I am most excited about Eternals, but I thought that was too much of a gimme. Too so much of a gimme. I wasn't going to do it. Yeah, I would so just I like to say it. I'm finally on the board. It took forever. Our first one was like in March, so it's literally taking me two months to get on the board. But it looks like the total was four to Tiffany to one to one. Does that sound right? That's what we have written down. So I, then I guess yeah. But those are also before all the points inflation. Before ah, the it's point okay. inflation. Oh wait, we can still wait. Count is it. this? Are you so? This is like fourteen points to you, or is it that you're finally on the board with one win? With one win, yeah. yeah. We we track yeah, the yeah. wins. Oh, okay. Wait, so say that again, Matt. What's the current standing? You have four, and then Alex and I have one. Okay, great. And then you have that (laughs) secret one, too. Remember that exhibition win against Ariel in the Oscar one? So that's true. Got like a silent one that's not really real, but it's there. It makes my heart warm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. Yeah. So, you know, there's actually quite a few movies coming out potentially this um, year. And, you know, I do, I have a lot of confidence in the movies coming out on Disney Plus and HBO Max. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, maybe Kingsman, The Kingsman and A Quiet Place Part 2. I mean, I think A Quiet Place Part 2 is happening because it's mm-hmm. literally in a couple weeks. Um, however, we'll see about The Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now on to the topic of the show. Uh, what we've been playing and watching. Um, I think we can go like round robin about one thing um, at a time if you have more than one. Or if you just want to talk about one thing, then that's cool. But I wanted to go first with one thing that I've been watching. Or rather, I binged watch. I binge watched Shadow and Bone, eight episode series on Netflix based off a young adult novel. The novel did not engage me years ago when I tried reading it and I gave up on it. However, the casting on the show Shadow and Bone intrigued me. And when I say the casting intrigued me, I mean it looked very multicultural and they cast Ben Barnes as one of the main characters and I'm a Ben Barnes fan. What and is, so What does he play on? I don't think I know who that is. Ben Barnes was Prince Caspian in the Chronicles of Narnia, and he was a character in Westworld. He was in season Mm. one, and he was a, um, like a, he was one, like, rich, arrogant dude in Westworld season one. 
Um, he's also, I feel, you know, he has, he's been in a quite a few things, but I think Prince Caspian's kind of the biggest or mainstream role, I guess. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, but he is, um, he plays a very good, like troubled, he, like hero or troubled, like character or, or, or a gray character, a character, um, that may do questionable things for the good. Or what maybe think people think is bad things for the bad. You know, I don't know. You know, he's pretty good. at He's very nuanced. Um, but the show is essentially like a fantasy show. You know, there's these people called the Grisha, which have magical powers. And they manifest when you're children. You get trained to use them. They're in a like uh, a world similar to Russia is kind of like their culture is kind of is an off branded Russia kind of Mm -hmm. thing with some of the words that they use. And so um, in the world, there is this very dark place called the fold, which is a giant, like think giant black mist area, similar to like, just imagine an ocean, but it's not ocean. It's a desert. And it's covered with this terrible black mist that goes up to the sky that has scary monsters in it. And it's breaking up the continent. And so when people travel between, like, in order to, you need to go between the folds to, like, ship things, travel, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And so you man the the vessel with Grisha, uh, which have magical powers. You know, some is, like, throwing fireballs. Um, one is, like, you know, propelling wind because it's a desert. So the boat, the vessel is a boat and the wind maker blows wind into the sail to make it move and the fire like user can like fire against the scary monsters that are like giant vulture Mm -hmm. things that like grab you and like try to eat you and try to kill you and then um there's soldiers you know on the boat like regular dudes that don't have magical powers that use guns and swords to try to protect you um and so there are also uh, part of the army, there are cartographers. So the cartographers draw the map and the layout of, you know, the fo- they don't know what it looks like otherwise, right? Okay. So they need yeah. to map out the desert to make an easy and smooth ride. And so what ends up happening is that this girl, this who has no idea that she's special, you of end course. up finding out that she can make light happen like she's the sun they call her like the sun maker or whatever or maybe i'm getting that turn wrong but she can (laughs) make the the light and it scares away the monsters in the fold and it protects she can make like you know a beam that gets them through and then when they and that is triggered by an emotional scene where her BFF, this boy BFF, is getting attacked by one of the monsters because she's on the ship with him, and she's like, "No!" And then she like releases the light. You know what I mean? Like childhood BFF, future boyfriend, who knows? You know? Yeah. And so she ends up getting thrust into the world of learning how to hone and use her magical powers for greater good, and that is the premise of the show. I. I just smacked my mic because I'm waving my hands around in excitement. Uh, I really like the show and I recommend it to everybody. Okay. Is this Even, only one season or is are they going to have 
subsequent seasons. I'm so hopeful that they make the entire. So the book series is um, it's made up of five books. There's three in a trilogy. That's kind of like the main story. And then there's a duology of side characters. So the, um, there's a crew, like a shysty crew of ragtag shysty. individuals that are trying to do a heist situation on the you know, in the middle of the show. Okay. And they have the duology in the book series. Gotcha. How many yeah, but, how many of those books does the first season cover? I think the first season is book one, intermingled with some plot points, maybe from gotcha. another book or so. I'm not entirely sure. But listen, you guys, I was enthralled. I watched it all. I binge watched it one day. Wow. One day, eight hours. I don't even know if it was eight hours. Maybe it was down to half. Whatever. I was That's all a lot. it. Yep. Does That's it? Oh, so my question is, so when you say that there's like cartographers mapping out the fold mm-hmm. because they're like, we don't know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So the world is built on the premise that this is how it's always been. So essentially like 500 years ago, there was this Grisha that got that went mad and created the fold because ah. his magic was dark magic, making darkness. And then his <laughs> um, like ancestor, like this, like Ben Barnes plays the like the great, 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 great grandson of the that guy the mat the grisha that went cr- like wild and he's just he's just been trying to rectify what has happened because there's a stigma against his family because he came he's a descendant of the one who made the fold and he just wants to like fix it so part so part of that journey is like finding out how to revert the dark magic to get rid of the fold Mm-hmm. Or honing, or the the main girl, um, Alina. Her her name is Alina. Um, to learn how to use her powers, her powerful light, in order to try to break down the fold. So, I guess what I so her light is different than regular sunlight. Then, like these things aren't affected by regular sunlight. So I believe the uh, the monster we don't I don't know if they're affected by regular sunlight because they don't get like they don't leave the fold yeah. and sunlight can't get into the fold. Yeah, so they're contained within the fold. Yeah, but fire doesn't do anything. Like mm-hmm. if they fi- you know, if they throw flame balls, that light doesn't seem to scare them as much. You know, okay. it's fire, but it's not like okay. Light so it's magic. her special Grisha light magic that is super effective against these. Vulture exactly. So I guess that yeah. leads to my other question. How good yeah. is the production quality? Like the special effects, like the visuals, like does this does does this have the level of like care that actually makes you feel like ooh, like the magical kind of power and everything? Like does it look authentic? Yeah, so it it's definitely not the Mandalorian, but it's I think it's pretty good, especially because I mean, you know, the monster creatures looked pretty scary and they're kind of obviously a little overshadowed by the darkness of the fold, but I think they actually look pretty good. Um, and the magic, the fire is kind of kitschy a little bit, but the darkness magic and the light magic is good. Like the fireballs look like, you know, video game fireballs. And, like, the wind is, like, oh, wind. Like, you know, like, it's not, mm-hmm. you don't really see it. You just see, like, Kind of like real wind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
but yeah i might i might actually check it out it's been like in the top 10 for a bit yeah. i just haven't gotten into it i also thought it was way different when you told me it was like based on a young adults novel did not think that they were like that was the story <laughs> behind yeah, it. I thought it's it was a something fantasy. else. Yeah, it's like a fantasy. There's um, a lot of good characters, very cult- multicultural. What's really cool actually is that they make them, I think in the books, the main female lead isn't necessarily a person of color, but mm-hmm. in the show, they make her like half um, a- I, she's half Asian in real life, but mm-hmm. I think in the just show, I forgot what the culture is, but they basically reference that there's an Asian type culture in that world and that she's half of that. And they some people actually have a stigma against her oh, wow. because she's half or they think she's full Shen or something. I don't know. I don't remember okay. what they call her, but there's like a Shen thing. And like everyone's like, well, you can go to the back of the line because I don't serve your kind here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like hey, that's okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I hope it does. I hope it does well. I hope they could finish whatever trilogy they're wanting. Cause like I remember I really that so. uh, that article that was released like maybe a year or two ago about Netflix and why they mm-hmm. cancel shows after like three seasons because they don't mm-hmm. see any sign up generation after three seasons. Like they only see like very very modest sign up bonuses from right. like you know new users. Which is why, like a lot of my favorite shows, keep getting canceled after three, three seasons. Um, but right. yeah, I hope it. I hope it does well. I might give it a try. You should. I um actually started a show called The Bad Batch on Disney Plus. Oh! This is of course an animated series. Uh, it is if you have ever watched Clone Wars, it's basically people are basically calling it Clone Wars season eight, because that that's you know, series ended in season seven. Um, to me, I never watched Clone Wars besides bits and pieces of it. Um, I started rewatching Clone Wars like from start to finish when Mandalorian came out. Um, I never have finished it. I think I'm in like the second season. It's good. It's like a good 20 minute show, Clone Wars. Uh, Bad Batch first se- first episode was like 80 minutes, maybe 90 minutes. Like it was a huge episode for an animated show it was a little bit overbearing but i guess they had a lot to talk about um so basically setting wise this happens basically at the end of episode three of the prequel trilogy uh so when order 66 is is gone out all the clones start killing all the jedi it's it's like that great purge of the jedi and it picks up with this bad batch which they were made a little bit different from all the other clones they had like one has super strength one is really smart one is a sharpshooter all these things that make them different than all the like vanilla clones was that on purpose i guess with their mutation they don't have the same chip function as the rest of them so when order 66 came out all of them basically turned mindless and they just followed this order and for them it didn't click so their five or six clones that are kind of working through all of their quote-unquote brothers turning on Jedi who they have fought with, you know, during this whole Clone Wars. So it's kind of, it's interesting. I'll say it's interesting. The first episode was good. I would have probably like given it like a seven, maybe seven and a half. Like it was good. It was good TV. Second episode, which I actually just watched today, um, it didn't 
grab me as much. Like, it definitely seems like a, a cartoon and, like, maybe not a great cartoon. Like, the development, I was kind of hoping them to make this more like Mandalorian, but animated. And the character development is just not there. I don't know if I'm going to stick it out. I probably wouldn't recommend, unless somebody really likes the Clone Wars, then yeah, it's more of the Clone Wars. But if, if you've never watched Clone Wars, you there's no reason <laughs> to really watch this. Um, I might stick around just to see if there's any sort of Easter egg that like points me or like builds to talking about Mandalore or like things that you know we can bring back to watching the Mandalorian. Um, but as for right now, uh, it's it's all right. I don't like hate it, but it's definitely not something that I'm like, oh, I gotta wake up Friday mornings and watch the Bad Batch. Like it's it's never gonna grab me like that. So, so I have a question. When you were saying that they each have different like things that are accentuated in their abilities, mm-hmm. was that done on purpose or was that a mistake? So, the the people, um, I forgot what planet. It's like Genova, but it's not Genova. Anyway, the planet that that made the clones, the really tall people in the prequel know. series. Yeah. If you guys ever watched those movies, anyway. Um, oh, so I did when watch they, them, but I they, forgot. They started doing experiments on the clone formula to see if they can make a better soldier, and so these are the clones that kind of survived those experiments. So they aren't well rounded, but as a team they're way better than any army of like just regular vanilla people. So it's, it's pretty interesting. Honestly, though, the cool thing, I I will say the cool thing is all of them are voiced differently, but by the same actor, like the same voice actor voices all of them. And I feel like they're distinct enough to where I'm like, yo, this guy, he knows what he's doing. But the problem is most of these characters, like the strong guy, if I had to tell you that this really strong alpha guy is on the team do you think he has an iq more than like 10 everyone would probably guess no because like that's the common trope and yeah he's dumb he's really dumb like he's a dumb strong guy and like the nerdy guy has like the dexter's laboratory like he's like pushing up in his glasses and like talking about the number you know like they yeah, are so yeah. <laughs> traditional like if i was a kid i would be all over this series but for me it's like i've definitely seen all of these before a thousand times over so it kind of seems a little bit like okay cool moving on <laughs> so does this feel like more so also like just filler for like star wars content like in in between like more movies or i guess live action shows for you yeah yeah definitely like it it definitely just it's something to fill in the setting and maybe like fill in what happened to these characters in between but i don't think that any story that's really going to be told will be as great as the first couple seasons of mandalorian um and i think that they're trying to make these characters feel like the mandalorian and have those connections but we went through so much more with the Mandalorian and Grogu than we did, you know, with any of these characters. And it's it's slated for 16 episodes. Like, this is a long season, which they're only like 20 to 30 minutes long, except for the first episode. Um, so we'll see. Maybe I'll check in if, like, a lot of people start talking about it and, like, saying, hey, it's really gotten better. Maybe I'll check in on it. For right now, I'm probably going to fall off. I just don't have the time for it. 
Well, to, to bring the energy back up a little bit, uh, the main game that I've played for the past couple weeks is uh, one of the free uh, games that came with PlayStation Plus uh, subscription, monthly subscription membership, and that is Wreckfest. And nice. as the name might uh, give a hint as to what it's about, Wreckfest is primarily a racing game with a heavy emphasis on vehicle destruction. Um, and for the most part, it's split into two kind of racing types. So there is traditional racing, right? So obviously circuit racing, you go around a track and then the other being a demolition derby mode. So you're typical, you know, you're in an arena, you take your vehicle and the whole point is to smash your vehicle into the, you know, opponent's vehicles. And I must say from a racing game standpoint, I know I talked highly of dirt five on previous episodes and kind of how great the haptic uh, feedback implementation was with the DualSense controller, and that, you know, even to now, it's still a great implementation. But in terms of having fun with the game, I think I remember saying that, you know, Dirt 5, it scratched the racing itch for me, but it wasn't something I found deeply satisfying. You know, like, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't an amazing Mm -hmm. time. From the first moment I played a Demolition Derby match in Wreckfest... I was smiling ear to ear just with how ridiculous it was. And, you know, I did win my first two demo derby matches, you know, not going to brag, but, and that might've contributed (laughs) to my, uh, my enjoyment of the game. But Wreckfest is just such a great example of how, you know, it's this nice mixture of more serious, I guess, racing games versus, versus kind of more cartoonish, like cart type racing games. Mm-hmm. And it kind of draws this fine line of, hey, we can have modes like the Demolition Derby mode, which you don't take seriously. You know, you're ramming into people. People are ramming into you. Whoever, it's kind of a coin flip. I mean, there is kind of a strategy to last longer than other people. But there is a fun kind of uh, timer built into the game where if you go a certain time period without making contact with another person's vehicle, you'll get kicked out basically, or you'll be disqualified from the match. So it encourages you to, you know, be aggressive and not just to camp the corners, right. And try to survive. Um, but on top of that, the racing too is also pretty good, even though it leans towards the more Katie style, it kind of, uh, really encourages you to pay attention to the tracks, which I appreciate because there's a nice mix of, you know, regular dirt tracks, you know, gravel tracks, tarmac tracks, and the tuning of your car is actually really important. So there's not a lot of uh, worrying about numbers type thing, but, you know, you can tune the car as in your suspension uh, type that you're running. So whether you want something that's more stiff suspension, which is better for tarmac tracks, or if you want a softer suspension, which is better for dirt tracks, you know, in order to deal with the uh, bumps in the road. And then also your gear ratio, if you want a shorter gear ratio for maybe tracks with a lot of turns. So you want kind of a higher uh, acceleration in order to get around turns faster into accelerate out of turns. Or if you want a longer gear ratio in order to take straights on courses because you know you can get to a higher top speed and benefit from that and so i think Mm -hmm. the game does a very good job of kind of mixing arcadey with kind of a sim type style that doesn't take itself too seriously but you know gives a great time all around did you play destruction all-stars like thinking about like the the demo derby one that you're talking about it sounds really similar to destruction all-stars i never played it 
Did you yeah. ever play it? So I did mention, I think I mentioned it at least. Uh, I did download you did. Destruction you All like Stars. Two hours or something? Yeah. I, like, I, I think. Yeah. I ended up playing about two to three hours of Destruction All Stars, which was a free PlayStation Plus uh, monthly game back in February. And I'd say, for all intent and purposes, it's. Wreckfest is just much better than Destruction All Stars, mm-hmm. um, even though they are both centered around vehicle destruction. And I think that's because, you know, Destruction All Stars takes a. I guess hero shooter, but it's like hero driver aesthetic where it's like, right. You play, you pick a character. Each character has a special vehicle that they can drive. And the, every vehicle has special abilities as well as the characters. So um, like overwatch on wheels. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, you have your crowd control type of character with their vehicle. And then you have your like damage type of character with their vehicle. Gotcha. And I'd say that I like the idea, you know, like I love the idea of Overwatch. Like, you know, I personally don't play Overwatch, but my favorite character is Sombra. Like, I love her design. I love her motif, her abilities and everything. But in particular, that's the only character I like in Overwatch. And so that's kind of the main reason I didn't play is because I felt like right with Overwatch being a hero shooter, the characters you pick were very important. So I didn't want mm-hmm. to just be a person that played one character. Like I would want to be able to, you know, help the team composition and pick characters that'd be best suited. Looking um, at you, Genji means. <laughs> but I'd say they don't the, have that same philosophy. Yeah, I'd say the main problem for Destruction All Stars though was that while the characters were fine, I didn't like the driving. And I think that was what the killing blow was for me is that, you know, obviously a racing game or even any sort of vehicle based game, right? How the car, how the vehicle controls, at least for me, makes or breaks the experience. And I just didn't like the driving. Like it felt really loose, right? And obviously kind of as a cartoony style, it wasn't supposed to be serious, like more arcadey feeling. But with Wreckfest, there's just this kind of nice blend of, you know, feeling and it with the inclusion of the haptics and the controller like feeling when your tires actually grip the surface when you're kind of similar to dirt five when Mm -hmm. you're accelerating when you're braking right like abs is on and everything and also in the demolition derby mode times where you see cars get struck or you get struck and just feeling the impact right with the controller kind of shaking a little bit and that just feeding back to my experience of like, oh, I know that's a big blow because I could tell by the intensity of the rumble mm-hmm. at the controller that that was just a huge hit. And so I think Wreckfest kind of does it in such a great way where, yeah, I didn't have to take it too seriously. And, you know, on the plus side, pretty easy to get platinum. You know, it took me nice. 25 hours to get the platinum awesome. trophy for it. So, yeah, it definitely was like I had Were there any hard trophies to get? I'd say the only there's one hard trophy, but it's not really hard because it's get to level fifty, okay. uh, which might not seem that hard. And obviously, this is your profile level, but it's kind of hard in that playing the game you don't get a lot of experience. And so for the last few levels, I kind of I found a strategy to kind of cheese out like large amounts uh, really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so if I were to play legitimately, it'd probably take me a lot longer than 25 hours, but I'd say even using that strat, you know, 25 hours, not bad at all. So definitely would recommend, uh, this was the PS5 version of the game. And I know they're mm-hmm. coming out with a 
PS5 version for sale separately as well as a Xbox Series X and S version. So definitely if you if listeners out there you have one of these consoles, you know, if you have plus, pick it up this month. It's free for the rest of May. You can buy it uh starting June first and then I think on June first also is when the Series X and S versions go on sale. So I definitely would recommend if you want a fun kind of arcadey slash sim racing vibe. Nice. So there was another show that I binged watch on Netflix um, in the last couple weeks. And this show is Jupiter's Legacy, which is also eight episodes. And it's also based on a comic book series. Now, I think Shadow and Bone is more worthwhile than Jupiter's Legacy, in my humble opinion. Um, Premise of Jupiter's Legacy is that in the 1920s, these um, these group of individuals end up getting superpowers. And in current day, in the 2020s, um, when I say group of um, individuals, there were like maybe six of them um, get some powers. And in the current day, you are seeing the effects of these individuals having children. Um, these people are still alive or most of them are still around um, being superheroes. They have made this organization called The Union, which is a group of superheroes that fights for the good of the world. And they live by the code, which the code is, is that we help the world, we do not kill, and we let free will reign. Hmm. Um, We let the justice system take care of all the baddies. And we don't get involved in politics. So even though the Union are are American people, like they're American heroes, <laughs> essentially. Um, but yeah, they don't get involved in politics and all that jazz. And so, you know, the main couple, like the main two leads, there's um, the Utopian, which is like a Superman analog. And then his wife is Lady Liberty. And the Utopian's brother is a hero named Brainwave. And um, they're kind of living through, you know, being heroes and trying to, you know, raise the next generation. The Utopian and Labor Liberty have two children, one of which is a son whose name is Paragon, who lives his life as a superhero, trying to live up to his father's expectations. And the daughter is this girl who models for money and does a lot of drugs and doesn't care about being a superhero. So does she have uh, superpowers? She does. Uh, she's like indestructible. I don't think she can fly. At least she doesn't look like she can fly. Or maybe she can fly. I know her brother definitely can fly and, and has super strength. But the girl is just like, she doesn't care about her family because her, basically her father has too many high expectations. And she doesn't want to try to like be the perfect daughter like her brother's trying to be. And the brother, the, um, the hero is trying his best, but literally there's a point in a conversation where the dad is like, I don't think he's ready. And he's like talking to his wife about their son and the son's on the roof with super hearing, like hearing this conversation. Yeah. Classic. So the show has a lot, the kids have a lot of daddy issues, which is something to kind of (laughs) mull over. Um, But I think this is just okay. Like, they do set it up for a sequel, which I will watch mainly because I kind of want to see what happens, but it's just like superheroes dealing with like 
you know, supervillains, but like trying not to kill them. And so one of the biggest plot points is that, you know, the older guard is living by the code, but the younger heroes, which there's more than just these six people as heroes, by the way, like somehow there's like all these heroes, different heroes, but the younger like kids that are probably everyone's still in like their twenties, they are seeing their compatriots get murdered like mm-hmm. dying in battle, mm-hmm. but they're not killing the villains who are causing the death. And that's a antagonistic relationship that they have with the code. They're like, is this still right? Is it okay that we're not going to murder anyone, but we're being murdered? Hmm. You know, that, and that's a pretty heavy question. Yeah. You know? So. Um, Maybe I missed yeah. this. Where is this. Where is this airing? Netflix. Netflix. Got Another it. Netflix original. You know what I mean? So would you recommend this to anyone or no? I would only recommend this if you have nothing else on your backlog <laughs> and you like superhero content. Wow, that's like back of the box material. That is... <laughs> recommend I if you think, have nothing else to watch. <laughs> I really think it's recommend... I mean, Josh Dumal or duhamel or however you pronounce his name is does a good job of playing this playing the utopian um but i mean i just i after this episode that we're recording right now i don't even know that i'm going to talk about the show again you know what i mean okay fair enough So so that's why i think it's not memorable does it feel like it's just cashing in as being another like superhero centric story on um, this like era of like make if it involves superheroes we can make something out of it because people will watch it or do you think that that the moral quandary that you presented to say that there's this idea of heroes living by a code and then wanting to kind of fly in the face of the code is actually a meaningful story that is you know could be interesting so I think it's the moral quandary that could be interesting and I forgot to mention that the creator of Jupiter's Legacy created or co-created the kingsman oh, wow. and that writer wrote the plot line of civil war that was used in the <laughs> marvel civil war movie i honestly i'm bad i literally was like i guess you can't bat a hundreds every time like do you know what i mean <laughs> like i don't even think i got that saying right but like i was really shocked when i saw the the creator's pedigree and then watching you that's why i kept watching i was like maybe something will happen okay i do have to say that the show does a really cool thing that i really enjoyed is that they had parallel storytelling as they're telling the stories of you know the the next generation struggling in the 2020s it showed the the path that the OG heroes took to get their powers, which was really interesting. So, you know, at one point you see the Great Depression happen, or not the Great Depression. It's the stock market crash in the 20s that take mm-hmm. a big toll on America. So you see the the stories in tandem. And I very much enjoyed that. Because, like, at that point I was more interested in how these people got their powers in the first place. Hmm. Yep. I feel like that's, like, my favorite part about I feel like we we may have talked about this at work that like historical relevance of superheroes. That was my Mm -hmm. favorite part of the Watchmen, the HBO show. Yeah, 
yeah of like superheroes back in the day we've kind of saw that a little bit with um um falcon and the winter soldier they like had some like historical like how superheroes were back in the day and like, mm-hmm. whether or not it was ethical and stuff like that but um yeah that's pretty interesting i i think i i trust your judgment so i won't go looking for it um but maybe i'll check out the other one yeah uh, but really if i'm talking about what i've been doing basically the past <laughs> two weeks is playing a little game called returnal now this game oh. has absolutely is that an indie title yeah I you know it's a, it's a small small little thing um you know you know, cheap, PlayStation right? Studios doesn't cost What's you that? too much to get. Yeah, it's cheap. Um, it's it's a free to play game. Um, kidding. Uh, it's not. <laughs> um, it's about as opposite of free to play as you can get. Uh, it is a chunky, uh, seventy dollar game from Housemark Games. Uh, it is a rogue light, in the sense of you are playing as a character. Her name is Celine. She uh, is on an alien infested well i guess it's just an alien world and i guess it's their world so i guess they don't infest their world maybe they do she's infesting theirs celine is the infestation uh, yes. on this world and basically she's t- stuck in this time loop trying to get out and every time she dies she starts at the beginning uh really beautiful game this is the first ps5 game that i've had that's truly ps5 i think Besides, you know, Astro Bot. I was about to say Astro Boy again. Back at my old <laughs> stuff again. <laughs> yeah. Um, this So this is the first truly PS5 game. So I have been playing it. And this was like an impulse buy almost for me. I, I started seeing some of the reviews. People basically said, hey, if you like the... Uh, if you like Control. If you liked Hades. If you liked... You know, like they started naming off all these games. I was like, yeah, I love all those. Like, maybe I should get this. Yasser actually texted me, and he, like, screenshotted that headline. I think it's from IGN. He's like, so, like, you pre-ordered it, right? Like, like this is the most Mac game out there. And so I did, after that text, uh, pre-ordered it, uh, started playing it. I beat it in about 13 hours, and I had six deaths, maybe five deaths. I think six deaths. Um and so i was very happy about that so my first clear in six uh runs and i have since then unlocked the secret ending i think it took me like six more hours maybe to get the secret ending and then fast forward like 20 more hours and that's where i'm at trying to get the platinum because it is a hefty platinum there are six biomes the greatest like the the really cool part about this is out of the six biomes they're all distinctly different um if you want to look at spoilers you can look at all these different things from some of the trailers you know that there's like this like rainforesty green biome there's also like a desert that looks like mars um there's also like a snowy tundra like there's all these classic biomes there's um the sixth biome is is a big surprise was a big surprise for me and i want to kind of keep that secret for anybody who wants to play it because i really enjoyed kind of that biome and what it looks like and how it plays uh so i'll keep that for you guys but um it's a fun game and it it's honestly one of those games where i played it 
and we had that episode where it was like four months into the PS5 and we started talking, is it worth it? And we said that we haven't really played anything yet that's on PS5. And this is the first game where I was sitting playing this game. And even though it's infuriating in some sense, I was playing it and I was like, this is next gen. Like this has that next gen feel. I know that a PS4 could not play this game because honestly, it's 60 frames per second, or at least I think it is. Um, but I've had it chug like twice and because these are this is a bullet hell. This is like a ton of enemies shooting at you from all different angles. Um, in one of the boss fights, there were like six different colored projectiles coming at me. Probably a thousand projectiles in in the air flying at me. There's music playing. The haptic feedback is amazing. Um, basically you press L2 halfway to fire normally, and then you press it all the way down to get an alternate fire. And that's usually like a grenade launcher or something else. So it's really neat how they use the haptic feedback to almost like increase the number of buttons and options that you have at your disposal. I didn't think that it was, at first I was like, that's kind of, that's gonna be weird. I'll probably turn that off, but I love it. I wish more games would do stuff like that. Um, the 3D audio is all, I'm all about it. I've been playing with headphones and it's it's really been awesome. Um, but this game, it's a ton of fun. And if it wasn't, I definitely wouldn't go for the plat because the platinum is very difficult and takes a lot of time, but I definitely want to get it because it's, it's at this point, one of my game of the years. If not, it's definitely my game of the year so far, but I would, I would suspect that it'll be in my top games of this year. Yeah, based on like your experiences within what, you know, obviously the public news sphere and everything has talked about it, I'm very close to getting this. I I'm at the point where I know I will get it at some point. I just don't know mm -hmm. if it'll be sometime soon or if it'll be after a first price drop. But I know it's kind of on the radar saying, I want to get to this. And I guess if I get it soon, it's it's because I've gone through other things and I don't have anything left to play. So I'm like, all right, it's time to pick this up. I've wanted it. And if not, you know, kind of looking into the future later in the year, hopefully, maybe it drops down from 70, like maybe 60, maybe yeah. 50. You know, that'd be nice. But if you're saying it's worth it at 70, you know, I have no qualms about it. You know, when I have the when I find the time to play it, I'll, I'll definitely pay however much it costs to play it at that time. Yeah, like $70, everyone listening to this podcast, $70 means something different for you. So for me, I was just, I would, it made it easier if I was like, oh, it's only $10 more than what I was paying a year ago. Because like $60, I've spent years being like, $60 is fine. Like that's the new game price. <laughs> and then if I just think, oh, it's $60 plus $10, um, it makes it easier for me. Um I'm I'm putting in I'm planning on putting in a lot of hours on this, so I feel it makes it easier for me to say it's worth it. Um, but some people, like I know some friends, will only shop the sales in the eShop. Will will wait six years to play Game of the Year games because they they're waiting for that price to drop, and that's cool. And that's that's awesome and that's how that's how you play so for for those types of people it's not worth it if you don't like hard games 
it's probably not worth it. Like it is a difficult game. Um, I feel like Alex and I have been kind of training for this without knowing about it because the last, I guess the last three platinums that I've had, uh, Remnant from the Ashes, Ratchet and Clank, which I would count as a third person shooter, and um, Zombie Wars 4 were all third person shooters. Z- Zombie Army 4. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's such a great You don't game. even know. <laughs> um, Zombie Army 4. All those were third-person shooters. I, you know, people were have been talking a ton about the difficulty and saying, like, oh, this makes Demon Souls look like a piece of cake. Um, false. Demon Souls New Game Plus is kicking my butt. Like, it is, there's no way to say it. Um, so this is a tough game, but it's a fair game. And I think it's fair because it's 60 FPS and those controls are so tight. You know exactly where you're going and there's never a death that I have because I've had quite a few deaths now. Um, there's never a death that happens and I'm like, that's that's BS. Like it's because, you know, lag or because I the controls are stupid or no, it's, it's always like, oh, I F this up. Like I didn't do an active reload at the time I should have or I... I literally fell off a bridge one time when I was low enough health and died. Like, it's always on me. So I feel like the gameplay is pretty fair. So on the flip side of your $70 game that you've been playing, uh, and also new game, right? Because I think it's only been out for less than two weeks now. Yep. Uh, I have two games I've played recently that are kind of older games, but more importantly... You know, I mean, I'm briefly going to go over both of them because I don't. There's not much to say about each of them, but uh, that are free to play, or at least for me, I, I had to pay nothing to play them. And the first, you know, is an all-time classic, and that is Tetris. So awesome. for the for those <laughs> for what? Of, the for, oh, well, okay, I'll get to that. So for those that don't know, and maybe it's something that. Uh, you've probably experienced sometime in the past. There was a website called TetrisFriends.com. Sadly, this website went offline about two years ago, around the time Tetris 99 was launched on the Switch. Um, so, you know, take that for what you will. But there is this idea of saying, oh, God, like, where can we go to play, you know, free-to-play Tetris with friends online, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Recently, I've been scouring the internet looking for what is the best free-to-play Tetris available, and I stumble upon a website called Jstris. And so, I'll just listeners, you can you know Google this. It's J S T R I S. Just Google that. You know, there's a website, but it's essentially a free-to-play web-based version of Tetris that you can play with friends. And for reference, I played this with up to seven people. So I can confirm at least seven people can be playing this. The website advertises up to 60. So if you have that many friends and you want to do something like a Tetris 99, but with 60 people and free to play, you know, I recommend Jstris. But I'll say this, you know, classic. Most people love Tetris. I I don't think I've met a single person that says Tetris is a bad game because I think... I love Tetris. Tetris. Yeah, objectively, Tetris is a good game, I think, that most people can agree upon. And yeah, it was just a great time. You know, it's one of those things where it's not something you play every day. It's not something you play even every month or maybe every year. But yeah, Tetris is that 
perennial classic that you can just come back to any time at any point to say, hey, you want to clear some lines with some friends? And they say, yes, you guys play Tetris and you have a good time. So I just want to shout out to that website, Jstress. You're doing good work out there. I hope this advertisement doesn't get you shut down or anything, but, you know, <laughs> stay alive as long as possible because you're one of the last few hopes out there for free-to-play Tetris. The other free-to-play game, at least for me, that I've been playing is Final Fantasy XIV. And so, okay, I know you guys are saying, wait a second, Final Fantasy XIV, this is an MMORPG. Aren't yeah. all MMORPG subscription-based services you have to pay a monthly sub? Yes, that's true. But what's nice about you know Square Enix what they're, and what they're doing with Final Fantasy XIV, if, if you have a brand new account, so that is an, a Square Enix account that has never had Final Fantasy XIV on it, you can play all of the base game and up to the first expansion's worth of content for free. So, and wow. right now there's only three expansions out for the game. The fourth one is coming this fall. But so I'd say if you count the base game in the first expansion, that's basically half the game for free, you know, excluding the two most recent expansions. Is there a time limit that you can no, play those? No, or is it no time limit. You can wow. literally go through all of it for free. And this is actually a journey I've been working on since about two years ago when I first booted it. And it's something that I've just come back to every so often, not really playing it consecutively. But I'd say, because... And, you know, to explain, the main motivator of why I'm playing this in the first place is is a lot of people say that 14 has one of the best, if not the best, story of every mainline Final Fantasy. So Final Fantasy's 1 through 15, soon to be 16, but who knows about that. And so, obviously, having played at least all of the 3D Final Fantasies, so 7 up to 10, you know, I I never played 11 because that was also the previous MMO but, you know, having played 12, 13, all of them, and 15, I want to say, okay, I like Final Fantasy. I like Final Fantasy stories. Let me see what this is about. And I'd say this. So I'm not done with the main game yet. I'm kind of getting close to it. I'd say if I were to try and get there, it'd probably take me another 10 or so hours of doing the missions. But I'd say this. It's There's a lot of teases that they do in the first... And I guess I'll gauge it by my level. I'm currently level 41. The story up to where I'm at teases a lot about the future of where the story goes, especially with post-main game and like into the expansions. But I'd say this, it doesn't break from traditional MMOs, though, at least from my perspective, and it's not that great. And so it's okay. filled with a lot of nods and saying oh here's an interesting plot point but you're gonna have to play another 50 hours to get there to see it Mm. and it's just filled with the typical and something that i don't like the mmo grind right forcing you to play a lot forcing you to log in every day you know you gotta do your dailies to level up you gotta do all your side quests you gotta talk to your vendors you gotta do you know multi-man raids to get the best gear and i'd say while the story is indeed interesting, there's a lot of plot points where I'm like, oh, I like the idea of that. I would like to see where this goes. It's just gated so far deeper into the content that asks so much of you to say, hey, we're going to show you this at hour five and it's super cool and it pays off later. 
but you got to get through 50 to 100 hours first before you can see the payoff. And I think even though the game is free and I don't have to pay anything for it, right? The time investment obviously is part of your paying into the game, right? And so for me, it's not something that I'd say, even though people say there's a great story, it takes a lot, even if it's not monetary, it takes a lot of time. And I don't think I can recommend to people that unless you're in it for everything an MMO has, because from an MMO perspective, it's great. I mean, they have the gold saucer in there. You know, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy VII, you love the casino, hit up the gold saucer. There's mini games. There's this one mini game where Yojimbo, who's a summon in the game, he summons these bamboo stalks and he'll cut them in different directions and you have to run along the platform underneath them and dodge them as they timber over. And the longer you last, the more payout you get. And it's just kind of like fun things like that of like, Oh, you know, I know you, Jimbo. Like in, in Final Fantasy X, he's super cool. He's got his, uh, you know, his dog companion, Enkidu, right? Or is it Enkidu? It might be Enkidu. I think it is. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But, and then you just have this kind of fun mini game, And, you know, it's in the middle of an arena. So you have people that can just watch it. They don't even have to spectate. So you have like random people watching you run around these giant bamboo stocks trying not to get smashed. And it's just kind of a fun time of like, oh, that's neat. And just like all the other mini games that the Gold Saucer has. On top of the world, I think the world is super interesting. There are a lot of kind of unique races that aren't in other Final Fantasies that are unique to 14. I'm like, oh, this is a cool world. These are cool places to go to. It's just that the gameplay itself is kind of hard. And it's unless you're already in that mindset, I don't think it's easy to overcome. Um, hmm. so definitely I'd say I've had a fun time. I don't know how much farther I'm going to go with it personally, but it, it had its fun moments. And, you know, I think I'm more intrigued going into the future of maybe just looking at the cutscenes or reading a synopsis or something of the story if I want to get that. So I think that'll, that'll fit the bill. Um, but yeah, enough about those two. Just one last quick thing that I've been playing that I want to mention, mentioned this before Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. <laughs> so this is a Dragon Ball Z RPG, and it follows a story of you know the titular Kakarot, otherwise known as Goku, and it goes from the Saiyan arc, so obviously the first arc of the story of DBZ, up through the uh, Boo arc. So you know basically the core arcs that fans of Dragon Ball or people that just might be aware of Dragon Ball Z that are aware of. And right now I just finished the Frieza arc. Must say it was a great time, you know, seeing Frieza get blasted by Super Saiyan Goku. What a fun moment, you know. And it's that thing of it is able to sidestep the tropes of the show where obviously in the show it takes Goku like 12 episodes to turn Super Saiyan. And in this case, I play the game for 10 minutes and bam, in a cutscene, he's Super Saiyan. I don't have to wait, you know, 20 times 12 episode minutes worth of watching him being like ah you know charging up um (laughs) but yeah it's just a fun time and i highly recommend i mean if you're an old school fan of dragon ball and you want something that's kind of a more modern but it revisits the old story and obviously you know there's no deviations it's not retelling or anything it's just kind of showing a modern kind of visual aesthetic um, I'd say take a look into it. I mean, when I picked it up a few months ago, I had got it for $24. Um, so I can only imagine it's probably cheaper now if you find it on sale, maybe around $20. I definitely say it's worth it. So take a look, you know, go Super Saiyan, 
get to see Piccolo, get to see Krillin, get to see pervy Master Roshi. You know, what's better than that? So Alex talked about three things. Matt, do you have another item that you want to talk about Um, um, before I talk about my last thing? I think one last thing that I've been watching uh, that actually came to an end, which I think uh, you've also watched, Tiffany, is Invincible, um, which is a great show. Um, I've been watching that. I was actually thinking about maybe picking up the comic book series. Wow. um, To read through it. Okay, because you're you really want to know what happens. Yeah, um, I've been I've been kind of debating because so for those of you that don't know, uh, it's kind of like the boys, um, plus Walking Dead because it's the the main dude from Creator. Walking Dead. Yeah, um, and a lot of the cast is actually from Walking Dead. But fantastic voice acting, um, okay animation. I think they're working on that. This is an Amazon Plus series or Amazon Plus. <laughs> Amazon Prime series. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Amazon and Disney, they made a baby. It's Amazon Plus. Um, Monopoly. Um, anyway, yeah. so Amazon Prime series, it uh, follows, you know, like a superheroes basically everywhere. Got a really great story. Just watch the first episode. Watch the first episode. Watch the end. Wait until the very end and come back to us because it is – it's, it's quite gripping. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I've been watching some people react to it that have read the comics and they're like, oh, you guys have seen nothing. Like, this is a great series and they're so excited to see what they do with it. Um, I don't know if I should read ahead and see kind of like what the real story is because there's so many unanswered questions. They just started production on season two and three. So they've just got approved up until season three. Um, I I don't know if I can wait for that long because I'm, I'm thinking it would have to at least be later 2022 or 2023 when season two comes out. So um, I might find myself buying those that comic book series and, and just saving some time uh, because it's it really is a really interesting story. Um, it, it's kind of like a dark play on what would happen if there were actually superheroes. It's kind of like what attracted me to the boys in the first place, which is like, all right, you think Marvel is real life, but in reality, you know, you've got a bunch of these people that the are dark terrible. underbelly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I really. It, I, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was interrupting you. I apologize. No, I, well, I was just gonna say that it's eight episodes. Um, which I didn't realize there was only eight, but I've actually only seen two and a half episodes of the show and I stopped. Oh, like I'm in the middle of episode three. I've been in the middle of episode three since episode three came out. Are you not into it? I think it's interesting. Um, but I think if I have some downtime, I'll go back to it, especially Mm -hmm. since you have a lot of great things to say about it. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I think I will go back to it, but right now, you know, where I paused at, I think I remember what's going on. It's like a phone conversation between, um, what's his main character's name? Invincible. No, like his Mark? normal name. Mark. Mark yeah. is having this like phone conversation with that girl that he tried to protect at school. Yeah. Uh, like an awkward, an name. awkward 
Yeah. yeah, the awkward conversation about like, hey, do you want to have a study situation? Like, and I was just like, wow, I'm not into that right now. Like, right. I don't know. That, just the- in my opinion, is at its worst when it's like this like teen drama. I'm not about it. Um, supposedly, the comics kind of steers away from that for the most part, which is why I kind of am thinking about reading them. Um, mm-hmm. I will say the finale wasn't my favorite finale. And I think a lot of that was because they're trying to drive business for season two and three, and they have to cut it off somewhere. The episode before the season finale was so good. And like leading up to it, it was so good. So I'm really excited. Like, honestly, if you guys, everyone listening should just look at IMDb and see who these voice actors are. Like you have like um, Seth Rogen is an alien that comes around. Um, You've got the Flash um elza what was his name ezra miller yeah ezra sorry yeah ezra miller um he plays uh somebody that turns into like he's a villain character one episode um it's very much like saturday morning cartoons like of olden days like monster of the week like let's see what happens and this dude that literally his name is invincible you realize like he really isn't like he gets beaten up Uh, but it's it's a good time and it's a good story so i might start looking at it um but i would say you know try to get through it but you know i guess don't force yourself but i've recommended this to a lot of people um i actually recommend this to um one of our co-workers one of tiffany and i's co-worker um and she has started watching it with her husband and she's probably like 30 years older than me <laughs> at this point <laughs> And she's so, not 30 years older than maybe you. like between 20 and 30 years old I she's would say. 20 years older than you maybe maybe anyway i did not expect her to like it and she really does so um that's that's some good stuff you should check it out what's really refreshing about that comic series though also is that it's completely done and it's been like complete and published for the last like 10 years mm-hmm. so you know the story's set in stone essentially so i think yeah. that's really has something going for it. Um, I also really liked that the main character is voiced in Mark is voiced by Steven Yoon and his mom is voiced by Sandra Oh. So they basically decided, I don't know if the character was like half Asian in the comics, but I really liked like what a time to be alive, like watching all these shows and movies without any Asian people. And now I, there's so many that incorporates them. It's just really refreshing and enjoyable. Um, I mean, I plan to get back to it. It's just, you know, Jupiter's legacy and shadow and bone just got to me. You know what I yeah. mean? Also, I think, you know what, Matt, I think one of the things that it had against something that was against it for mm. me was that it was coming out week to week. It's true. Like, so like it didn't entice me as much as WandaVision or Falcon winter soldier. So I kind of like forgot about it. And then suddenly you told me that the season finale happened. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of, that's a personal problem that I have. Like, unless not you grab me in the first, like, two episodes, I probably drop it, drop off. But I think um, I'll let you know if I get back into it. So I think uh, I'm going to close out the show with one game that I have been playing. Um, but it might surprise the audience that I haven't been playing a lot of it. So I'm talking about new Pokemon Snap. I got it. I was so excited for it. And it took me two hours to, like, get out of the tutorial. 
or what it felt like two hours. Maybe it was an hour and 45 minutes of trying to get out of the first dang level. Um, and I played another couple hours, um, unlocked like two other like routes, but really what it came down to for me is that this game is a game that I would play like an hour or so at a time. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going through the route. I'm taking photos of my Pokemon. I'm like shaking my fist in the air when I'm like lining up for a great shot. And then the Grookey runs out of the frame because it got spooked. And I'm like, dang it. These are like real animals. Like they're not just going to mm-hmm. stand there for me to like do my thing. <laughs> and then, you know, I was in the tutorial for so long because every so often they'd give me a new ability. I can scan things now and that will like scare some Pokemon. I now have a fluff fruit that I can toss at them and try to get them to eat it or annoy them by tossing it at them. Um, now I got an Illumina ball. I can throw at them and make them glow. Like it's all these things that they kind of drop off a little bit at a time after you complete a level. And I'm just like, wow, this is exactly what I heard it was, which is taking photos of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I am interested in filling out my Pokedex and like getting different, you know, poses because you can have four different poses for Pokemon in your, or not when I said Pokedex, I meant photo decks. That's what they call it. And I have a rival now. So the rival showed up and he wants to take the greatest photos of them all. And I'm like, Classic. no, I'm up here. Yeah, but, you know, I was slightly disappointed that I couldn't customize my character. There were eight preset characters that you essentially just chose based on the skin tone that you want. So that was kind of disappointing, you know, four dudes and four girls. However, I can also change my character's appearance at any time, which is neat. Um, But, yeah, it's just me taking pictures of Pokemon. I guess I don't, I guess I just didn't know if I would love it or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I never played the original. Are you loving it? Like, I'm. I can't say that I am. I think okay. that this is fine. And you know, for audience, I just want to tell you guys that I paid fifty dollars for this game, not sixty, because Walmart has this. You know, I guess I don't want to say policy, but. Walmart will essentially sell Switch games for physically in the store for $49.96. So if you ever want a deal, like essentially now I've decided to just whenever I want a Switch game, if I don't get like a pre-order bonus or something, I'm just going to like walk to my local or not walk, but like go to my local Walmart <laughs> and, and buy the, the, the game. Because I also have this weird preference to buy physical games because i'm just terrified that digital doesn't mean i actually own anything Hmm. um here's my question is 50 dollars worth it so i'm gonna say that it is because i'm playing it now at my own pace like i got to play it on release or i didn't okay you know the release weekend and I'm like, okay, this is neat. And I have been playing like an hour a week is how it's legitimately how I've been playing it. So, I mean, the viewer or listeners can probably guess how many hours I have. Would you agree with the uh, perception that some people have come to that Pokemon Snap is a roguelike? <laughs> wow. 
I did not know that people were talking about it like that. But you're taking this just from the conversation you and I had, like, Alex. I mean, can you explain? Can you define the roguelike to so, me again? Right, like every time you start on a track, right, it's the same track, right, for each zone. So like you're on the track, you're going along the same yeah. path. Different, yeah. you know, Pokemon pretty much come in the same fashion, right? Or for the most part, maybe there's some randomness, but I think a lot of the randomness comes with uh, the different times of day or kind of variations of the track, right? But yeah. as you mentioned, as you've gone through the tracks, you now have unlocked new things so you can go back through the track with these permanent unlocks in order to then acquired snaps of Pokemon such as you know of the different poses as you mentioned with these new abilities but you're still kind of going through similar content you're just unlocking new variations of the same content it sounds like Returnal to me it sounds like we're playing the same game I mean you're taking one hour at a time yeah Alex based on your explanation I guess so I mean like one thing I also learned is that depending on how my l- research level increases, I also get different Pokemon showing up in the same route. And like, I'm like, that doesn't make much sense to me. Like, why does leveling up in the in the route make sense? Maybe it's like your perception of Pokemon has increased. So because you're like more perceptive, you can detect different Pokemon that you couldn't detect before. I, I mean... Know maybe that's probably the rationale for it it's like, like i'm look more at that rock over there it's like yeah. oh wait no that's a grookey <laughs> i should take a picture of it <laughs> or come on matt there's like eight million rock pokemon you could have literally named any of those well you've already it's talked like, about grookey i don't think they have all the pokemon in there no they don't but yeah but you could have been like oh it's a geodude or something it's true um but yeah i think you know what alex you have something going here maybe it is a roguelike the internet does i don't i don't take any credit for this comparison oh the internet was talking about that i mean they, have you, you know have they, you actually heard that from on the internet because we were totally talking about this last week oh no yeah i've seen kind of in some public like forums and like reddit and stuff some people talking about and be like oh it does kind of have those aspects to it ah, i mean obviously we we're no on to something of, yeah, there's no sense of conflict because you're not necessarily fighting anything. But right, you know, games comes in come in different shapes and forms, so there doesn't necessarily have to be a a conflict, right, or a direct conflict of sorts. I mean, you are in conflict with your rival to take the better photos. But listen, we have no idea what these Pokemon feel about getting their picture taken. Like though, that could be hurtful to them. They could take physical damage from the Flash. You know, like, we, we just don't know. There's so many this questions. sounds like Fatal Frame now. You know that old PS2 game that's, like, the no. horror, like... Oh, there's, like, a horror game where you're... The way you fought the spirits in the game was using a camera. So oh. you took you took pictures, hence the name Fatal Frame. In they order should do to a reskin of that, them. but then it's just a bunch of ghastlies everywhere. Be sweet. I mean, I did throw fluff fruit at some of them, and they weren't happy. Like, I yeah. I think, like, because I I watched some things on Pokemon Snap. I remember playing it a little bit. Like, I I think I rented it from Blockbuster or something, and it wasn't for me when I was a kid. So I figured it wasn't for me now as an adult. Um, the problem with all of these rehash of old games is that some game ideas 
really should have just stayed in the 90s. Like, being on a track and taking pictures may have worked back in the day because, like, that's all they could do. But now, wouldn't it be awesome if it was kind of like Bug Snacks where you're walking around and you're taking pictures of Pokemon, like, actually yeah. walking around and, like, pla- yeah. with some mild platforming? It would be better. Like, that's where I wish, like, when they say new Pokemon Snap, it's just like a reskin of Pokemon Snap. Or at least that's what it seems like to me. And I haven't played it, and I I don't plan on paying a dollar for it. Like, it's not something I... <laughs> it's not a Mac game, for sure. Um, but I kind of wish that they would do something a little bit crazy every now and again. You heard it here first, though. Bug Snacks did it better. That's true. Oh, God. I mean, considering I also, like, binge played Bug Snacks in, yeah. like, a weekend and platted it. And I'm over, here, I'm over here playing, like, an hour of Pokemon Snap a week. Like, you know, you're, you've uncovered something here. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions. And you got Bug Snacks uh, for free. Just think about that. I got Bug Snacks for free. Wow. Wow, what spicy takes today. Honestly, we're going to just have to stop the conversation here. So listen, listeners, if there's anything that you want to comment on or question about what we talked today, please, um, you know, contact us at our email, rxp.podcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at rxp underscore podcast we're always looking to get some interactivity here Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts and you know comment on them um, on the show so with that that ends our episode today talking about what we've been playing and watching we hope you enjoyed the conversation bye looking at you genji means come on matt there's like eight million